All right. Welcome back to Who Listens to This, where we listen so you don't have to. I am Alexander Hoagland across from me. Well, not across from me. <laughs> not this time. In a, different, in a different city and county than me is Justin Kotner, Ye- my partner in crime. Um, <laughs> how you doing, Justin? I'm doing all right. How are you? You doing good? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. I forgot to start. There we go. Now we're recording. Whoops. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay, back to back to, back to that. All right. I forgot to start the video recording. It started though. Now, so welcome right. back. <laughs> um. So you're doing all right? I'm doing, doing pretty right. good. Yeah. Did you get the vid? You got the Rona? No. All right. That's I'm good. like ninety nine point nine percent sure I do not. But I'll I'll yeah. I'll know for sure tomorrow because it'll be a week that I was quote unquote exposed to that guy. So. Yeah. I uh I actually got a test set up for tomorrow nice. as well. Because we're going to the studio. Yeah. And I accidentally signed up for the rapid test. So I'm like, man, it's gonna look like I got tested a week before I needed yeah. to, but that's kind of how you have to do it anyways. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was going to get tested for like that, a, like, Saturday. Yeah, well, uh, that was, it wouldn't let me book more than three days out for some reason. Hmm, that's weird. I, I mean, I haven't booked for Saturday yet, but that, but that's my plan. Because then I'll probably get the test All results right. back right before we leave. I don't even know when we leave. I don't pay attention to that anymore. All right, I'm anyways. Shoot for Thursday. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today, we have on my good friend, my buddy, my pal, my twin, Everett Mobley. What's up, Everett? Howdy. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> I'm here. How you doing? Not bad. Fine. Decent. That's, yeah. I mean, that range. those are all, all three things to strive for. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's par. Yeah. Yeah. You know? If you're if you're doing fine, that's good enough, Especially right? Especially this time, 2021. Yeah, I mean, that's a good start to the year. You know? It I, really is. I think I think 2020 started off pretty poorly and then just went downhill <laughs> from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> no, nope, yeah. There wasn't like a good everyone. part of the year for me. <laughs> Well, I was, like, unhappy in my job, and I was like, ugh, I don't want to be doing this. So I started looking around for other stuff, and then I got fired. Mm. And then there's a pandemic. And, oh, man, it was it was a hell of a year. We all had a hell of a year. We did. Except Justin. Justin had a good year. Nothing bad happened to Justin. Not oh, a single debatable. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of bad things happened. Um, well, uh... Today, we're talking about No Sir, Nihilism is Not Practical by Showbread. Have you... Okay, so I'm going to... Before I do, like, the bio on this, what? let's talk about our familiarity with this album, because this one is not... So far, this, I think, is the first, like, album that we're not listening to because it is incredibly bad. Correct. Uh... Though some might think it is. <laughs> oh, I guarantee some uh, do. <laughs> but uh, it, it's not, you know, the St. Anger my Metallica or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not notoriously horrible album. You know, if anything, people dislike it because they feel 
it sounds like this or that or they don't like screaming or something but uh i guess i'll start my familiarity with this album is it's one of my favorite albums of all time (laughs) (laughs) uh i may or may not have two showbread tattoos uh and yeah so i am incredibly biased right off the bat (laughs) for this album uh i can't i let me see here the i don't think this was my first this definitely was not the first showbread album i heard because i did not i had heard well no it was because my older brother listened to the single off this album, Mouth Like a Magazine, uh, quite a bit back Same right when it here. came out. Uh, yeah, so I, I remember it from back then. My mom hated it. She thought it was satanic. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I did not hear anything from them again until 2009, 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little before that, 2008. Um, so it was, I was, I was kind of late to the game on the band, uh, on that front. Um, what about you, Everett? Uh, very similar to you. I, uh, it's in my top 10 albums of all time. Like, no, I mean, I've got it right here in front of me. Oh. Or, yeah, I've video, got the vinyl too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's similar. I don't have any tattoos whatsoever, but I did, uh, see this band before they broke up uh 10 times within four different states and have all their <laughs> albums um and yeah absolutely even even with all their albums i like all of them but this like there's something special about it to me it's just and i i don't know you didn't mention did you have an infinity for uh punk rock before this record or before this band um before this band i i i did i did like uh that kind of stuff i think showbread was a little bit heavier than what i leaned into Mm -hmm. like i didn't love the amount of screaming that showbread did like it was a little bit more than what i was kind of into at the time um but it was kind of my it was around the time of like a turning point of getting more and more into like heavier and heavier stuff uh or more experimental chaotic kind of stuff um so I think that's why they stuck with me more than most other bands mm-hmm. too, uh, was because it was right at like a pivotal moment uh, in music for me, and then I, you know, went down the rabbit hole and found tons of other stuff that, you know, is some of my favorite, you know, bands and artists and things like that. But Showbread always has held a, a special place in my heart <laughs> uh, ever since uh, first hearing. Uh, the song that got me into them uh, is, is uh, Nothing Matters Anymore uh, oh, interesting. on their album, The Fear of God. That mm-hmm. was the song that like I was like, oh, snap, this band's killer. What have I been missing out on? And so went back and rediscovered everything. I only saw them once uh, because I live on the wrong side of the country <laughs> for the end of Showbread. Uh, and I don't live in a place people tour through. So (laughs) I had to drive like five hours to the one show I saw. Um, And funny side note, a guy later became friends with actually was at that show. uh, As well as a few years later, I went to a Norma Jean show 
that he was also at. And both shows had maybe like 15 people there total. Um, and we did not know each other until several years after that even. So it's kind of weird just run, like, oh, yeah, we both have the this weird experience of going to these two shows that no one else went to. <laughs> and we happened to go to both of them. I had a few of those with Showbread. <laughs> nobody was there it's kind of sad because i think of them as like such a cool like experimental band and i feel like they should have got more notice but they yeah i think the biggest thing that hurt them was uh the label they were on i think tooth and nail was kind of a bad choice for them Mm -hmm. um in the sense that they were a little bit too experimental for a lot of what people expected from tooth and nail bands. Cause you know, you had like Emery and, uh, uh, Amberlynn and stuff like that. And like those bands are all fairly consistent within their discography. Like you can see an evolution, like they definitely change, but they're consistent enough that it's not like, Oh, they entirely changed genres uh, from their first <laughs> album to their second sure. album, you know? Uh, so I, I, I think a bit more of like, an eclectic label would have been helpful or, or just something, a, a label that was a bit more experimental um, or at least marketed them correctly as being kind of, I guess, in the vein of uh, like the Flaming Lips or something, you know, a band that's constantly changing things up mm-hmm. and being very odd. So what, what about you, Justin? What's, uh, what was your first introduction to this world? Uh, with you when we went to record the first Zero Vices EP. <laughs> and I think it was this album. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's about it, but um, I wouldn't say that this Maybe. is my top album. Um, but I like this album. Well, you just ruined the whole episode, so. Yeah, you know. You were the only one we were holding out on not liking I mean, I have some it. Critiques, so now it's just gonna but... be... I don't love oh, this album. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh I'm gonna kinda get into it. Uh let's I got a little bio here that I wrote because I am annoying like that. <clears throat> no Sir Nihilism is not practical is the first legitimate studio album by raw rock band Showbread. It was released September 14th, 2004 on Solid State Records. It was produced by Sylvia Massey, uh, famous for uh, Tool, System of a Down, Johnny Cash, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Might have heard of a couple of those. A little bit. The band, yeah, that small artists, you small know, you might have heard of them once or twice. The band started as a praise and worship band at their Southern Baptist Church before deciding to dye their hair black, get tattoos and piercings, and play music that involved drums, so they were kicked out of the church. And uh, later on, decided to become a hardcore band, and evolved from there. The album was actually removed from all Christian bookstores after it came out that the second song in the album, Dead by Dawn, was inspired by the Evil Dead franchise, uh, due to a fan-made music video that used parts of the film as the visuals for the video. The album was eventually put back into bookstores as the video wasn't technically made by the band. Uh, But this was just the first of several times the band ran into trouble uh, with Christian bookstores during their career. 
Uh, one of the most notable aspects of the band was the fact that at the time, there were seven members. Two guitarists, bass, drummer, a synth player, and two vocalists. Uh, so they became well-renowned for their live show being absolute chaos and nonsense with instruments being destroyed and people being harmed on stage. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a heck of a show. I I think every band needs seven members. Every band, you need seven members. Not because you need seven people to play instruments. You just need seven people on stage. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Even if you have five people just running in a circle on the stage, <laughs> that would be fun to watch. <laughs> Says the guy in a two-piece. Um, before we get into it, uh, what... What have uh, what have you been listening to lately, Justin? Any any new music? Anything noteworthy? Um, that I've isn't been, this album. I've been listening to a lot of Defeater lately. A lot of Defeater. Yeah. Didn't you say that last week? I feel like you said Did that. Did I last say week. that last week? Maybe. Do you listen to a lot of Defeater consistently? For the last two weeks, yeah. So maybe I did say it last week, yeah. and nothing's changed. Yep. So yeah, almost yeah. I forgot cool. about that yep. band. <laughs> I, yeah, did too. I did too. <laughs> I remember. I saw them once. Uh, I saw them once years ago. They were opening for. Oh God, I'm trying to remember the show. It was Defeater, Beartooth, Bless the Fall, and August Burns Red. God, what a fucking lineup! I <laughs> don't really like any of those bands, but <laughs> it's not that I dislike them. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. You know. Does that make sense? You're just like, yeah, yeah they're good, I guess. Um, Defeater was easily the worst band to play. And I think they were just having an off night, but they sounded like ass. It was bad. And no one wanted to watch them. <laughs> They've been around for a minute. And yeah, but they were they were the opener. The very, very first opener, I think. Or no, they might have played after Beartooth. I don't know. Anyways, what were you going to say, Everett? Uh, nothing particular. I don't. I don't think. I don't okay. remember listening to them since like 2012. But they they were good back then. Have they made music since 2012. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they put out an album in 2019. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to Imogen Heap because that's what I do. I listen to weird shit. What? So. How? What? How is it weird? Uh, that's just not an artist that most people even know of besides the uh, mm, what you say. That's the only thing people know. Okay, see, I, 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 <laughs> no. I couldn't connect the name to the, anything, but like my, in my mind, I thought of the actress Imogen Poots, and I was like, she <laughs> does music? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's the song Hide and Seek. Uh, that That's what she's super famous for. Um but I don't know. I just find her very interesting. And I mean, I guess she does kind of just like electronic poppy kind of stuff. But it's always interesting. Like, it's not just pop music. It's it's more artistic, I think, than a yeah. lot of that stuff tends to be, which is probably why she's not on the radio anymore, at least. I don't even think Hide and Seek was on the radio. That'd be a weird song to listen to on the radio. Just like... It's literally just vocals. There's no instruments in the song. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, but there's no nope. instruments. It's just her nope. voice 
it's like just like six layers of her voice with like all different harmonies and stuff okay it's very cool i'll have to check it out anyways what about you everett what you been listening to um i've got actually i did write this down i got three albums that i've been like rotating endlessly recently um one uh swear i'm good at this by diet sig um you like i don't know what that is indie power pop uh but like sad (laughs) um Nice. And uh, sounds right up your alley, Justin. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you might like it. Uh, uh, Merci. It's like you had me at sad. Yeah. Well, all all of these are sad. <laughs> um, uh, Merci by a band called Save Face, um, which is like kind of like they kind of go all over the place. They kind of have like a Nirvana influence and Foo Fighters, but also like early Fall Out Boy and 2010s emo mm. music. So. Uh, check them out; they're really good. Uh, and then uh, my favorite of the three is called "Somewhat Literate" by a band called Retirement Party. And they're just indie punk, nice. indie punk rock music. In the uh, I'm into that vein of like <laughs> Jeff Rosenstocker, Pinkerton by Weezer. Okay, that's Justin's favorite album. It's check not, it out. But yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny. Uh, actually, side note: uh, a little trivia for this album. Uh, I didn't actually write this down, but I did read it uh, in my research. I'm kidding. I already knew it. But uh, they went into the studio, and the first thing they said to the producer, uh, Sylvia, and and the engineer that was working on the album is they said, we want this album to sound like Pinkerton, Uh, (laughs) which was obviously not what they were trying to make it sound like. But... uh, they continued to do that for the rest of their career as a band. Every time they went into the studio, they said, we want this album to sound like Pinkerton. <laughs> it just became a running joke. Damn. Uh, so, yeah, this is not a band. I, I guess something there's something to be said. Showbread was not a band that took themselves seriously whatsoever as, like, a band. Like, they took their music very seriously, but they were like, but we're also just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Who, I feel have no reason to be here <laughs> no, yeah i remember uh, one of the times i saw them i think it was for the fear of god tour they started well for the two bits they did on stage they started playing mouth like a magazine and like just messed it up immediately right after the first few chords and then started playing i believe a misfits song uh nice. <laughs> um the reason for that is because the guitarist at the time landon ginnings uh he hates mouth like a magazine that's fair because it is so boring to play on guitar (laughs) which it is it really is it's incredibly boring um which i mean i don't i don't mind that as a guitarist just because i I, i'm not really a guitarist (laughs) Mm -hmm. i i think of myself more of like i'm probably more of like a composer than a guitarist like i i just want to like whatever i can do to like service this song that's happening so if like i don't even need to play then i'm not gonna play you know and so i don't mind that at all um but but he is a full-blown guitarist and absolutely incredible and so he always hated playing that song and i think the reason they started doing that was because he refused to play the song uh because he had played it so because they played it every single show and he was like there was you know three minutes that 
everyone was waiting for uh, coming to see us, and it was the worst three minutes of the show. <laughs> what was the other bit they did? Oh, they ended their set by doing a chorus line. Like, oh, all, <laughs> and I don't remember, there was like orca orchestral music, like similar to the Looney Tunes theme, and they were all just doing kicking, just Sing holding it. each other's arms. Yeah, it was impressive. That's fantastic. That's good. I, 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 I like bands that don't take themselves too seriously, but. I don't like it when a band doesn't take their music too seriously, usually. Yeah. Sometimes, like, it can work, um, but, you know, I, I kind of like how Showbread was just kind of goofy about it, and they're like, we're just being ridiculous, and a lot of it was really artistic and cool, uh, like the uh, outfits they wore on stage and uh, different things like that. Like, it was all very cool. Um but they also were like, we're just a bunch of goofy people. Like, don't take us too seriously. <laughs> uh, I think there's something uh, to be said about that. I think that's that's a very cool thing to uh, to do. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just a fanboy. That's all. This is this is going to be a horrible episode. <laughs> It'd be a nice change of pace, though. <laughs> yeah, everybody be like, man, they really weren't funny this episode. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> so the first song is a llama eats a giraffe and vice versa what uh, what'd you think justin i like the name <laughs> i mean and, and I, I thought it was a good um, album opener i will say my critique for this album is that most of the songs sound like two songs in one yeah yeah it's fucking I great. Like yeah, I was going to say, isn't that, that's a benefit. <laughs> no, you like get that. two out of one. No. See, so I, I think that's part of why this fails for a lot of people. Um, just from like a musical perspective is a lot of people don't like when stuff does that. Um, like, I'm a huge fan of Dillinger Escape Plan, and they do mm -hmm. that all the time it's like they'll have one song that sounds like it has eight songs in it yeah um and so but i think knowing that going in can also change your perspective on it um but also if you like that kind of stuff of not being you know kind of held down in one area mm -hmm. um but a lot of people it kind of just depends on what kind of music you're into um, and the music you're into, that kind of makes sense. Like you, you like a lot of the kind of like structure, emo, emo, pop punk, stuff like that. Like very, uh, structured, uh, songs, um, even from the bands that are kind of more experimental in that, in that genre, it's tend to still have quite a bit of structure, uh, to the songs. Um, so that makes sense. I get yeah. that. You know, it's funny. That's for, my favorite for part me, of the album. Yeah, it's weird for me. Like, I'm usually very, I'm not into like songs that do that usually, especially when mm -hmm. they change key uh, within a song. Mm -hmm. um, but for some reason, on this album, I, it just works for me. Like, it always, I mean, because I am, I do lean more towards poppy and hooky stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think even with the weird structures in this. Every song has something that immediately pulls me in, and I can 
like hum along to it or drum along to it. Yeah. Throughout the whole album. But uh but also if yeah in the in the vinyl it came with like a written note from the singer Josh Dies and I did read in that um he mentions a lot of the songs are just they had a bunch of random riffs by the guitarist Matt and they just would put them in songs together. That makes sense. So, so it's like a cut like and how paste I write songs. Type thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. Um Yeah, I it's kind of it does really remind me a lot of um refused especially like mm-hmm. the shape of punk to come which was kind of which was obviously one of the biggest influences on this record right um i mean there's obviously a ton of different influences but uh that was definitely one of them when especially when it comes to the songwriting aspect of, of changing pace and uh just going somewhere completely different uh than you might anticipate and also the kind of cleanliness of the guitars on something with so much screaming um so i kind of use that as a gauge to be like is this something you're gonna like or not for most people i'm like hey do you like refuse do you like the shape of punk to come and if they're like no then i'm like yeah you probably won't like this that much (laughs) unless they're just like man the unless they're just like man the riffs are the the uh the shape of punk to come the intros are just too long then i'm like dude this album's the one for you then. Because <laughs> it, it's essentially like a, a, a catchier version of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to make it sound too derivative, but uh, it really is just kind of a, a catchier version of that uh, in a lot of ways. Which is but kind of funny you say shorter. I, what I like a... You want to go ahead? No, you're good. I was going to say, it's kind of funny you say shorter uh, intros are moving through because this album is 54 minutes, which is really long. And I never noticed that before because it goes by, yeah. flies by so fast for me. But today when I was on Wikipedia, I was like, this is 54 minutes? Yeah, I, I actually completely lost track of time because I was like, I'm going to listen to it today. Like, I've listened to this album a billion times, but like, I want to go track by track. So I'm just going to like put my thoughts down. Like that, rather than you know talking solely from memory of what the album order is or something. Um, and yeah, I, I just like I listened through the whole album, and I was like, I just looked at the clock and I was like, whoa, it's way later than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> it just kind of happens and then it's over. Um, I also didn't remember like how much I liked the uh, structure of the album. Like I think it's a really good album sequencing uh yeah yeah yeah. the the sequence the songs go in is really nice like it it really has these like ups and downs so it doesn't feel like all right i've listened to the same song five times in a row or whatever though there are songs on the album that are fairly similar like if they were played right back to back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. i could see how somebody be like all right what the fuck was this song never end (laughs) (laughs) um but then you know they put a couple of tracks that are completely different uh, in between them so that it kind of feels like a, a oh yeah yeah we're back to the to the really punk kind of stuff um what i like about this song is that it just goes like it just starts yeah like yeah you like hear the the thing in the background so you turn it up because it's too quiet and you're like oh what's he saying and then it's just like ah! <laughs> 
And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it gets me every time. I always have it too loud every <laughs> single time I listen to this song. Even when I anticipate and I'm like, I'm not going to have it too loud. And I like turn it down just a little bit. Still, still too loud every time. And it, I don't turn it down though. Um, it's such a catchy song though. Yeah. Like the nothing, nothing, nothing is forever. I just like always am like, yeah, yeah, nothing's forever. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, just get really into it. You know, you're just jamming with it. Uh, it's, it's just to go absolutely nuts and have a good time. That's, that's the whole album. Go yep. nuts, have a good time. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe not, but you had fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really do think the lyrics are noteworthy, like, on the entire album. Yeah. Especially for the genre. Like, even compared to a band like Refused, like, and Refused has, like, some really good lyrics. I just think, like, Showbread is in, like, a, a league of their own uh, when it comes to just the quality of his lyricism. It is absolutely unparalleled in the yeah, genre, at least. I would agree with that. Yeah. We, we listened to Bob voice. Dylan before, and that guy, whoo, changed my... <laughs> Lou Reed. Remember that Bob Dylan record, Justin? <laughs> or Lou Reed, yeah. Unfortunately. God. Vividly. Uh, I can't get over it. Go back and listen to those. No. Uh, go back and listen to those if you want to hate poetry. Not that either of them are bad poets, just those albums are horrible. <laughs> um, I also think it's cool. I, I did already mention, you know, how clear the guitars are um, and how uh, they're not, there's not a lot of, like, distortion and stuff on yeah. the guitars, uh, which was kind of odd at the time because you look back at what was big in 2004. You know, everything is, like, super crunchy processed guitars Shitty guitar tones. You know, lincoln park and yeah i mean very boring guitar tones very generic guitar tones the daughtry kind of guitar yeah. tone thing i don't know but i, I like mean the, the, the guitars album. were very say what i really like the tones on this album overall yeah and that guitar bass, yeah and that, drums and, yeah and it's mixed so well mm -hmm. for having such clean guitars that a lot of times they're just noodling around. Like, they're not just playing chords or something, and it's not like there's a ton of other stuff taking up the space. Like, it's literally a bassist, a guy playing a three-piece drum set, and a synthesizer <laughs> yeah, playing, like, single notes. Like, a lot of the times he's playing a Moog, and you can't play more than one note. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I don't know if you knew that, Justin. The guy, the drummer, he his drum set consisted of a snare, Bass drum, hi hat, low tom, and one cymbal. I mean, which that's something that he also used as a ride. Yeah. This song has like yeah. one of my favorite snare tones of all time. Same. It's super. It's good. a really good. Marvin song. is a great drummer. Mm -hmm. uh, he only played on the first two records by Showbread, but the drumming. Oh man, he's good. He's good. Sadly, he wasn't super into music that much. Uh, It'd be like that you know, he he just wanted to do his own thing. And sometimes those those are the most talented people, the people who are just yep. like, nah, nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't know if I want to do this forever. Yeah, yeah. The, they they just make, you're just like, why why are you bored of this? You are way too good to yeah. ever get bored of this. You could do so well. <laughs> um, but yeah, all the songs are actually in standard tuning, so there's not mm -hmm. like any weird tunings mm -hmm. on the guitars, which is also odd for the genre. It is. Um, at the very least, you know, people tend to tune. 
down a little bit. Well, there's my dog. Turned down just a little bit. Um, but no, they were like, nah, we'll just stay in standard. Um, I don't know why they just did that. I guess because they felt like it was too complicated to switch around. Um, I also like how the synthesizers are. I love the synths on this album. Yeah, they... I think the reason, because they don't feel dated to me, like not no. in the same way, like a lot of stuff that from that's kind of screamo hardcore or whatever. Like when they started putting synths in, and he started getting crabcore and yeah. well, and things like, like that, like Attack that. Attack, and yeah, but it, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, like Attack Attack, and and I can't think of any other band that's done it. I'm like totally blanking. A lot of bands. you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. Every band, SNL, every band Andrew, in 2008, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, all those guys. And I mean, they were kind of in a different genre, but it was close enough that they were all touring together or, yeah. or thrown in the same boat by most people. Um, so uh, I think what set it apart was they weren't using, Showbread wasn't using the synthesizer in the same way. Like they were just using it as another instrument, like mm -hmm. they were using their guitars or the bass. Mm -hmm. Rather than they were like, oh, we're going to make this poppy. Here's yep. a synthesizer. And I think that's how most of those bands tend to, tend to, to approach it. They were like, oh, like Attack Attack, they use the synth for like dance beats mm -hmm. or whatever. They're like, oh, here's the dancey part of the song. And Showbread was just like, it was kind of, I, I don't know, like Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nailsy with it of just like, this is an instrument we're using for this sound. You could easily replace the, the synthesizers with just a distorted guitar yeah. on most of these tracks, and it would work just as well. Any other thoughts on this song? I have none. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the next song, my favorite, Dead by Dawn. It's, it's my banger. favorite song on the album. <laughs> you seemed so defeated. You're just like... It's a banger. It no. really is. I mean, there are some bangers <laughs> on this album. Yeah, it is absolutely a banger. And it's about the Evil Dead. Yeah. Or at least like, has references to it. It's not like about it, but has references yeah. to it. And I love the Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, this song actually got me into that series. Like, introduced me to the series. And, like, the second movie is, like, my number one movie of all time now. Maybe in... <laughs> in competition with Jaws, maybe. But mm -hmm. nevertheless, I would never have discovered it without this song. And it really is yeah, I, a jam. A it's a it's a bop. Yeah, I had seen It's a bop. Confirmed. I yeah, I think I had seen the second one like in passing. Like I, I knew of it of the series and I kind of seen parts of the second one and was just like, okay, whatever, I don't know. Like, I wasn't, I didn't really give it a shot. I was like, oh, it's a cabin in the woods and people are dying, whatever. Yeah. And once I heard the song and was like, oh, it's about the Evil Dead. Like, these guys really like the Evil Dead. It can't be that bad, right? So I went and watched all of them and I was like, man, I've been missing out. Like, this is a good time. Like, <laughs> the first one's like kind of goofy, but trying mm -hmm. to take itself a bit seriously. And the second one, they were like, you know what? The first one could have been better, so we're just going to do that again, but better. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's such a good movie series. So watch that if you haven't. Otherwise, if you have, watch it again. listen to the song. Watch it again and listen to the song. Um, and I'm sorry, this whole episode is just going to be me talking about how much I love this album. That's going to be the whole I episode. Mean, I kind of figured that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to happen 
more than just this episode. Yeah. Because I listen to a lot of weird music, and so it's going to come up that and on evil I dead like uh the it, as it's clear that they're all like huge misfits fans and so this is kind of i think i, I gotta think back on other albums but i think this is really their first like horror punk song which he'll have more of later in their discography mm. but uh they they had some punk ish stuff um before it I'm trying to think of the song. Hold on. I can look it up. I know I've got it. It it never made it onto an official album, like one of their like studio albums, but it was called FLSP. It's a really, really punk song that they did back. It is the same lineup, I think, or at least close to the same lineup. Like Josh is on vocals. Ivory's also on vocals. Uh, it's a very, very... It almost feels like what if DC Talk was a punk band? That's <laughs> that's what it is. It's like a Christian song, but it's a punk band, <laughs> uh, but very very overtly Christian. Um, so I think it was right when they were like, "We don't want to be a praise and worship band. Like we want to just make cool music." Yeah. Um, yeah. I what I liked this this song is the one where I, I really was like man the mixing on this record is so good it's so because good. you have both the guitars playing like really dissonant and even like the songwriting i thought that was really cool like they're both playing two very different and dissonant like guitar parts that just work together that you wouldn't even think. though neither of them should work at all right like, they just should not work and like the first time you hear it you're kind of like wait what and then it just keeps going and you're just like yeah i'm into this okay let's do it like <laughs> it's gross um it, it's gross and it's great uh and, and and with the mix like it, it still feels like completely full like especially like you have the chorus um where the guitars aren't taking up enough real estate on their own to really fill it up and neither are any of the other instruments and they just like perfectly placed everything where it needed to be and then just put Ivory's super distorted vocals on top of it uh, for that, uh, well, I guess the pre-chorus. And it just sounds massive. And then they get into this chant thing. They're saying, Dad, bye, Dawn. And, ev and everyone that hears the song loses their mind right there. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is a good song. <laughs> and it gets stuck in your head forever. Even though it's not like complicated, yeah, I guess not. Nothing on this album is actually like really that complicated. Like at least guitar wise, um, I've actually uh, I talked to the guitarist Matt Davis, uh, who is the lead guitarist on this album, and in the band for three albums. Uh, I don't know why I said this album. He this was the album. lead guitarist at the time. <laughs> he was the lead guitarist at the time. Uh, and, and he, he said the, the reason they, that a lot of the guitar stuff ended up kind of being a bit on like the weird side was because he isn't a good guitarist, which I mean, obviously he's a pretty good guitarist, yeah. <laughs> but he said, he was like, you know, I'm not particularly proficient at, you know, doing the cool stuff, pinch harmonics, the shredding and stuff like that that a lot of people do so he said i had to find other ways to fill in these voids that were happening and i could only do so much so i just started making things up and 
people liked it, so I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an incredible way to approach guitar writing and incredible that it worked. <laughs> yeah, actually in the in the album could... credits he's credited as Matt Davis guitar and guitar manipulation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cuz he a, a lot of the you have moments where you have these really weird guitar sounds and you're just like what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he's doing, but that's he came up with it. I don't know. Now the next one, Mouth Like a Magazine, the hit single, the most popular song on the album. And the most popular song in Showbread's entire discography. It's probably. It's a banger. That's a good it question. Really I wonder if it's their number one track on Spotify. It might be. I, I know, like, during their career, it was like, that was their biggest song. <laughs> yeah, I don't significantly. Know, like... <laughs> <laughs> what are we looking at? Uh, 460,000 listens, and the next highest is Oometophobia from the next album with 170,000. So. More than wow. double, or yeah, about double. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense that those are the top two because those were the two like biggest singles from their whole career. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's really catchy. Uh, something cool about this song is, uh, this song was originally going to be much more like in line with the rest of the album with just nonstop screaming. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why I said okay, <laughs> like I'm in, instructing you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. No, it's just going to be a lot more in line with um, the rest of the album, but they, when they got into the studio, Sylvia Massey was like, hey, what if you sing this? And Josh was like, I don't want to do that. And she was like, you should sing it. You're going to sing it. So he sang it instead. Uh, for at least most of the song, he's singing with i mean he has some screams here and there and then uh has like a verse he screams or something or maybe it's the bridge i can't remember off the top of my head but um what it te- what that part technically is but uh he sings the chorus while uh ivory screams behind him and that's probably that was the reason it became so catchy was because he started singing it uh rather than screaming it and that was all sylvia so thank her good job probably the reason they worked with her on literally everything yeah for the rest of their career except for their final album that was the only album they didn't which is a bummer um that that's all i got for that one it's a good song it's a good song yeah I, but I, I, I see why yeah i see why uh it wouldn't be a fun one to play live yeah yeah, yeah it's it just especially you've got the like breakdown so as a guitarist you're just playing these four chords yeah, it's the same four chords the whole song. Yeah, um, and that's literally it. Like, which is it's a, just which is basically a Ramones song. So I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not a fun thing to play, <laughs> especially the way it's it's da 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 da. You know, it's not yeah. like you're being you're da 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 You know, going nuts about it or something. It's just kind of jamming. And it works, and it's not like something that like you're gonna listen to and be like, "Ah, oh, this is boring." Like, there's enough going on that the guitar doesn't really need to be doing anything more than that. Uh, 
it would just be really boring to do. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I could see it. It's I still, could get that. There is something special. You bring up the clean guitars. There's something very special about the way this is mixed so well, that it, especially with the bass. Uh, it just does feel so forceful and so big still, even with those mm-hmm. clean guitars. Yeah. It actually, it, this is going to sound really strange, a bizarre comparison, but the song by the band Smash Mouth, okay. All Star... <laughs> has this big chorus that everybody knows it's and it feels like this big larger than life thing but it's like the cleanest guitar you can ever have and it's yeah. just because of the way it's mixed it feels so larger than life yeah it's really good mixing um i, I we we do need to briefly talk about uh Patrick Porter the bassist mm-hmm. of the band so good Pro- probably one of the most underrated bassists ever which I is agree. a good transition like, to the next song because his bass on the next track is awesome. He has a solo. Yeah. If you like me, check yes. If you don't, I'll die. Yes. Uh, just punk to the core, man. Yeah. Was it? It's the spot at the 59 second mark, the little, the little interlude he has. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The, uh, oh, God. Uh, the... Is it the uh, uh oh man, no. I'm like totally spacing. You know uh, I'm thinking of uh stabbing art to death. I can't even think of what this song is at this point. My brain is fried. This wine is more powerful than I thought. <laughs> like he has this like little lick that like goes right into I like yeah. the chorus has something. It's it is perfection. It is the best part yeah. of the album. It, it, that's the best part of showbread. Yeah. And I showbread is probably my favorite band tied with Actually, Showbread might not be my favorite band. Like, my second favorite band behind Starflyer 59. And I, I love everything about the band, but I think Patrick might be my favorite part of the band because he's mm-hmm. such a chill dude, and he's the epitome of everything you could want as a bass player. Yeah. He plays exactly what you want to be played, and he'll, like, like on this album, like, the guitars are really, really clean. And so he was like, oh, well, that means I can do a lot of bass stuff so he does and it's perfect and if you're a bassist you just like listen to that and you're like oh man this is awesome i want to play this stuff mm-hmm. and then like beyond just being like it's not just busy bass parts it's catchy bass parts like yeah. they're really catchy if you're just listening mm-hmm. for the bass you're like all right all right okay yeah i was watching um i was trying to find uh a, some trivia uh, about the album um as uh i know you're uh, everett i know you're a big fan of them so i was trying to find a trivia about the album to ask you but i got caught up in other things but i was watching the documentary they made uh showbread ruined my life and there's a, a documentary the making of this album and just watching like him record just like mouth like a magazine they they have like a section where he's just playing the bass for like the chorus of it and i was like I didn't even realize how much he was doing on the chorus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's playing a lot. Like he's like like all over the place the whole time. Uh all right. Yeah, it is kinda like I'm I gonna, thought this was a punk we'll, band, we'll not a ska band. <laughs> yeah, he's what like are you doing? All over the, Freaking weirdo? the entire neck. What are we, Muse? Um <laughs> I don't think Muse was <laughs> uh, uh this is probably the, my favorite song though, by the way. Your favorite song? Mm-hmm. If you like me, check yes. If you don't, I don't. If you don't, I'll die. Yeah, probably my favorite song. If you don't, I don't? 
If you don't, I'll die. If you don't, I'll die. Oh, okay. I thought you said, <laughs> if you don't, I don't. <laughs> I was trying to, it's such a long track name. I was trying to get it out as quick as possible. Get through it. <laughs> if you like me, check yes. If you don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't like me either. Um, but what I, th- and this is one of the songs that it kind of like, it's why I like the, the way they change genres and change like what the song is part of the way through. Because otherwise, this song would only need to be like a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, because once they change, they, they like you have this minute and a half, and then boom, it goes into like this pretty kind of thing. And then it goes into this like halftime uh, on the bridge. And then it goes back into just even more hectic than it was before. It's almost like those parts are put in. So the song is actually fun to listen to because <laughs> like, I think if it was just chaotic the whole time after like two minutes, you'd be like, all right, they just keep doing the same thing. I'm done with this for now uh, to get it to like the five minute mark that a lot of these songs are, you know, the four minutes, five minutes or whatever. Um, so that I think that's what I like about it is like the songs almost play as like an album unto themselves mm-hmm. of they have these ups and downs of changing uh to different things so you can kind of just listen to one song and you're like i got everything i wanted and like go on with your day it's <laughs> an interesting yeah. perspective huh. i i j- just made it up just now wow so deep thoughts it's all right here in <laughs> big the wrinkle brain move. the next song is yeah move move man what accent was that <laughs> Big brain, big wrinkle brain, Maeve. <laughs> so the next song is uh, Samsa, Samsa. How do you even pronounce it? I don't know. I read the book, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Samsa. Samsa meets Kafka. Probably Samsa meets Kafka. Probably. That sounds better. Samsa meets Kafka. Uh, it's a short little industrial interlude about the uh, Franz Kafka book Metamorphosis. Have you read that book, Justin? I don't read. Feels like my uncle. No, but I haven't read that. Ah, yet. I forgot. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Have you read it, Everett? I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Justin's uncle. <laughs> God, your dad's gonna be mad. Um, if he still listens. <laughs> if he still, li- I doubt he does. I wouldn't. Um, if I was him. If I wasn't him, I would still listen because it's a great podcast, okay? Um, uh, the the lyric is Gregor. I don't I feel like this song this song ruins the book though. If you've never read it, it ruins the book. Is there a spoiler? So I'm sorry. It's a spoiler. Say, it's a say, huge spo- you spoiler. Do, all you have to do is say spoiler alert and then you can read it. Spoiler yeah. alert. Both of you guys close your ears. The <laughs> lyric to this song is Gregor starved to death. No one dies of loneliness. Um, oh, no. It's spoiled. You ruined it. Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of a critique on the book itself, and mm-hmm. all, but also kind of like how people interpret the book and also just Franz Kafka in, in, in and of himself. He's like, no one died of being lonely. Um, Debatable. Uh, you didn't. You're alive, Justin. No, Shut up. think about the old people who've been married for 60 plus years and their spouse dies and then they die like two weeks after. Lonely and a broken heart and stress. 
and old. Yeah, but those helped. <laughs> old, they just didn't feel like holding on. They were forcing themselves to survive and no, keep getting they older. Were lonely. Come on, man. When my spouse dies, I'm going to live with another 40 years out of spite of you. And that's it. <laughs> like, my I'm, last words will be, I'm gonna fuck tell her you, that. Justin. I lived through loneliness. <laughs> loneliness didn't kill me. I killed myself. Um, Amen, brother. <laughs> um, this song was actually my uh, like introduction to like industrial type stuff. Um, is this like the one that I sounds like heard it, that that it should have been on this like cyberpunk. Yeah. Okay. I like this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> over here talking about this song. Justin still like doesn't know what song we're talking about. <laughs> I do. They just, they're all just together in my head, so I'm trying to remember them. You gotta take notes of each song. See, Come I say on, that Justin. and like they're in my head, but then I just forget. See, see, see how I do yeah. this. Notes per song. Oh, see, see I've got video of it. I just have this. All right. Nope. <laughs> it's a white screen. Oh, there it's, just is. A white that, it's just a white screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can see it now. You just have the song names listed. <laughs> yeah. You dumb fuck. Is that the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it is the Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it is. Oh, you motherfucker. You didn't even do it yourself. I have a whole thing set up. I got it in black so it's easy to read. It's easy on my eyes, you I, know? Yeah. Because it's not super bright in here. We record a little later. It's dark outside. All right, Spooky. I'm done. That's stupid. Um, Yeah, but it was my introduction to that kind of music and how I found out that I'm one of the weird people that likes that kind of shit. So now you I You've never to seen a stuff. Matrix movie? I was going to say, yeah. No! What? Oh. No, I wasn't allowed to watch that stuff. <laughs> okay, but you are now, full-grown man. I've seen them now. <laughs> but <laughs> not then, at the time. I didn't just discover this album. <laughs> no, I, I was I, in like eighth grade when I discovered this album. So I, I, at the time, I, I didn't really have access to a lot of stuff. When I was in eighth grade, like you had like LimeWire. Talk <laughs> about LimeWire. I think I still had dial-up in eighth grade. I did. We might have moved past dial-up at that point, but I, yeah, like, I, I had a old-ass little laptop that my dad gave me because he had gotten a new one and was like, you might as well have one. But, yeah, I, I, just, I never had a... Uh... No, I definitely had dial-up because we lived in uh, Danville, Kentucky at the time and did not have access to nice things um, like big cities do. Sounds like Danville. Justin knows all about that. I do. Living out in the boonies. Yeah. Sounds like Taylorsville, where you live. Fuck Taylorsville. Th this is talk that means nothing to anyone outside of no. Kentucky. Um, just picture like what you think of when you think of Kentucky, and that's the cities we're talking about. Yeah. Besides Louisville, which is just like a normal city. Well, um, for the most part. It's the only one in the state. It's like a little Nashville. That's Louisville. Yeah. But... Less music. Especially In now. fact, no music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I thought this track was cool. It's a nice little... It's a nice little ditty. It is. That breaks up everything. You know? Kind of breaks it up. Gets it into something different. I think it, it works well as like an... Uh, almost an intro to the next one, So Selfish It's Funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I like 
with the kind of synth um it kind of builds into that almost uh which i think is kind of cool um but yeah it was my introduction to industrial i had never listened to anything industrial whatsoever as nine inch nails was satanic and uh so was anything else uh that was not on christian radio so showbread was satanic but I said they they loved Jesus, so I got to listen to it. Um, Hell yeah, brother! But my mom never listened. My mom never listened to it. I never I never played it for her, so she still doesn't know uh, that I listen to stuff with yelling. Sorry, mom. Uh, the next one is called "So Selfish It's Funny." She doesn't she doesn't like our band because she she, she thinks you're screaming. says she can. Yeah, because I'm yelling. I don't even like scream no. scream for the most part. Uh, but just my yelling, she said, it sounds like one of my children's hurt. I'm like, probably. And I'm like, <laughs> I am. Yeah, we're all hurting, Mom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the next track is So Selfish It's Funny. Uh, it's just a banger. Just another banger. I, I scream along with this song every time. I, it's a good one. A- and it's relatable. Cause you, everybody knows that fucker who's just so selfish and self-consumed that it's borderline insanity, just absolute absurdity. That you're just like, how are you the most self-consumed person in the world? And then it flips it on you, and it's like, yeah, but you're also self-consumed, you fuck. And you're like, fuck, I am, I am. Did it, did it to me. They got me. They got me. I was having a good time, and then they made me think. I don't read. Um, it does. It is the. If I'm not mistaken, this is the first track that like mentions like Christianity, right? Uh, I think so on this album. Yeah, Maybe. on this album. Pretty close. It was the first yeah. one I noticed. Yeah, same. Um, but it it's not really heavy handed. Or like in your face, and I and I think that's something that Showbread handled fairly well. Uh, was not being like heavy-handed about it. It was kind of more just like this is something I'm writing for me, and kind of all the songs are that way. Of just like this is just something he wrote, yeah. and it's a song, and it's not like telling you to do something or or trying to witness to you or something like that. Um, because I am no longer a Christian. Justin is a Scientologist. Uh, and Everett is uh, is actually um, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm no longer a Christian, and so uh, a lot of like Christian music that I used to listen to growing up. Sometimes I go back and listen to it. I'm like, ah, that's a little cringy. That's a little more in your face than yeah. yeah. It's real cringy. It's really in your face, and I'm just kind of like, I'd hate it if somebody did that with the other side too though but like because i was so into it i was like everything has to be about jesus Mm. um and so now that i'm out of that uh i'm you know i'm kind of like i would just prefer you to just write a song about whatever you want to write it about and be cool about it and stop being a turd um so yeah i i kind of liked um i liked that i i think this song does have a weak part um and that's the bridge Mm-hmm. Uh, with his vocals, yeah, I don't know he like does. That. I love it, and I wouldn't change it because that's I'm a fanboy. 
but he he kind of he's a bit pitchy on it mm-hmm. uh, on the first part of that like bridge part thing uh, this would be the end of the song like yeah, with like the yeah, pretty yeah, guitar and all the that. End. right before that um it's a part it's kind of like died down and he's like starts the singing portion and then it gets even prettier and you get this like really good melody that he sings really well. And I was like, why was the first part kind of sketchy? Um, but I mean, I get it. Like he wasn't, if you listen to any other demos, he does no singing. <laughs> like this is the first singing that he had done in this. And he started as the drummer of the band. Oh, uh, he, he was not even the vocalist. The vocalist left and he was like, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> Cause they knew another guy who played drums. Uh, better than he did um so i get it like uh, as somebody who also just kind of stumbled into being a vocalist um i get like especially when you first start singing and in the studio you know it's hard to nail that stuff quite every time and then you know the the entirety of the album like it would have. I think it it would have made it worse if they had pitch corrected it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think that would have done it a disservice because you definitely would have been able to hear it. Um, I know they pitch corrected it some, but I think they left some of it intentionally, and that's something that it was a it was a note I had about like the whole album is there is a a sloppiness to it that is nice. Oh yeah, that I really really enjoy about it. Um, of just it, it lends to like the kind of the punk nature of it, which really differentiates it from a lot of stuff at that time um, within the rock world and especially the screamo world. Eventually, of everything was perfect. Yeah, you know, you had Attack Attack, who had an, a vocalist that literally sang auto through auto tune the whole time he was in the band. Like there was nothing. Like it was the most over the top auto tuned. And, and all the guitars on those records sound like they were just programmed in. Even a band uh, that was on the same label as them, Emery or uh, Under Oath, like their guitars are perfect every time. Like everything is perfect and beautiful. Yeah. And uh, Emery being a little bit l- more amateur ish than Under Oath was uh, as time went on, uh, just due to budgets. But. Uh, I think, yeah, that that it's something that's nice about the album is they kind of kept that punk, uh, um, I don't even know how to phrase it, just garage rock of just like we're just some guys like 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 old school punk like yeah. they they didn't have the money to make it better so they were like this is what it sounds like yeah. <laughs> and we're too busy being crazy to make it that much better. It feels genuine. Um. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's genuine, it's raw, and ooh, and I oh raw <laughs> rock like the thing they call them. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> the next song is. Did you guys have any more notes on this one before I move on? Um, no. Actually, yeah, you you mentioned the part like the the arduous task line where he starts singing that part. I don't know if it's yeah, yeah. that or if it's the part on the end that's tagged on, but in his address about the album. Um, he mentions the the uh, label wanted to cut this down to two and two minutes and eleven seconds. They said we can like maybe push it as a second single if like we cut that ending off. 
So. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I. Maybe, I'm glad they left it together. Yeah, I like um, it, but I I I can see how it could be more digestible. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. With that last section, uh, I mean, they could just expand that into this like super pretty, poppy, catchy thing. Because I mean, it's stupid catchy. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole album. Like, so much of the album is crazy catchy. Uh, even with, like, them screaming the chorus or whatever, like, you're still like, damn, that's catchy. Um, which, personally, I don't see a lot of in, in that genre at all. Or even just rock music in general. I I don't find a lot of it, like, super catchy in that sense like some of it feels like formulaically catchy uh just like they were like hey if we repeat this enough times it'll be catchy or like if uh we do these four chords that are in every pop song now it'll be catchy rather than they were just like hey this is just a really good melody and that what that's what makes it catchy um and that's one thing i really do like about the album is there's just like random moments that are just like super catchy it's like oh the last like tag at the end of the song is super catchy and it has nothing to do with the rest of the song <laughs> yeah and the I label mean, was like yeah you, you, what do, you, you do split you can split this one up as well it's got the little tiny little beat in the electronic beat in yeah. the very beginning and then it hits with that booming bass again that <laughs> megan trainer is all about um and then you have megaphone vocals which is like the only part which was kind of a thing for punk rock at the time yeah like but yeah. a lot of the time, it comes off really cheesy and gimmicky to me. In this song, it works. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah, it yeah. absolutely no, works. I, I would agree. I, I think working with, like them working with somebody who didn't really work in this genre, um, but more than that was more like it was almost like she did it as a just like oh this would be fun. Mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. you know it's like you took somebody from way up and was like hey just do this crazy weird thing and have fun with it and because like they it's like for her uh they told her like hey we're really influenced by the shape of punk to come we want that kind of feeling for this album we don't want it to sound like that album like sonically or anything but like we want it to feel like that and then they got into the studio and she was like no that's not what we're doing. This is something on its know. own. Like this is something different. And I I think like I think that's why it turned out so good is like every level of person involved with it was very like let's just make this cool. Let's have a good time. Let's just like what's something cool that we could do here rather than trying to make something commercial or trying to um, make something more simple or whatever. They were just like, "Oh, that's good. Let's do it." Like, like she plays a fucking theremin on the on the next song, "The Missing Wife." Like, there's just a theremin on it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. <laughs> um, I will say this is the song I've listened to the least out of probably their entire discography. Um, I don't know. I'm just not into this song that much. Hmm. It's kind of a slow one. It's like lyrically it's cool like it's really good lyrically um um but it's just kind of got this really you know lo-fi kind of thing like he's wait like it it's got a radio voice yeah yeah the the missing wife oh this is my favorite song on this album tinny acoustic really yeah i bet it is i bet it is i love everything about it 
yeah it's i mean it's really cool and i like lyrically it's great and i like the idea and he's playing this like uh uh one of those resonance re- resonant resonance guitars the little metallic ones with all the holes in them um uh he actually uh josh dies actually played it uh for this song so he played that and sang and like i think the only other instrument is the theremin and yeah is which still be a massive like a tea kettle going off it sounds like an alien yeah <laughs> every I, time you think of aliens that's the sound you hear kettle. i was like driving i was like who, who who's fucking tea kettle is this <laughs> and then it changed notes yeah. and you're like wait, oh, wait a, a second That's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah sylvia actually played that um and i thought like uh i i actually never really like paid too much attention to the song i was like ah slow song next like because normally when i listen to this album i'm like let's go nuts like i'm ready to go nuts so i i skip this song um because it's kind of early-ish in the album i'm not ready to slow down yet you know yeah um for me and i know i'm weird about that i don't tend to like slow songs in general um but it is a good slow song for what it is uh i really liked the melody mm-hmm. in like the end portion i thought that melody was fantastic um i just love the production the production aspect of the song sound like it was in the 1920s yeah, cool. like phonogram almost yeah, like not super quite low records, quality. Like not quite a record player yet. Yeah, yeah. Like it sounds like something you'd hear in like a freaking uh, uh Fallout game. Yeah, but like, like even, that kind of like quality. Older. I'm thinking like Bioshock. Like yeah, Infinite. maybe even older yeah, than that. If you even go that route. Yeah, 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 like yeah. That's what I meant. Bioshock, not not Fallout. Bioshock, that kind of vibe. Yeah. What are those phonographs? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. What about you, Everett? What do you, how do you feel about the song? I like it. There's nothing else. All right, I have thanks to say for that input. <laughs> oh, I'll oh, say yeah. uh, this is obviously this is. It was just a little note. Uh, I saw them ten times. I've only seen them play this once when they played through the album hmm. in total. That makes sense. I, that makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't feel like a song you would play a lot. Yeah. Well, actually, they, I, I also it's... saw Josh dies on a. He did a book tour once, and I did see he played some acoustic songs, and he did play this too. So that's. Yeah, and that makes sense. To, like it, it yeah. it's a song that exists to service the lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it it's really just a poem. Um and it's great. I mean, it, it's fantastic for what it is. Uh it's just I'm not usually in the mood for this song when it shows up. I'm ready to go to the next one. Welcome to Plainfield, Toby Hooper. I'm just ready for that. That that's I'm like, let's fucking go to Plainfield. <laughs> uh once again, I love this song. What about you, Justin? <laughs> They all start to blur together <laughs> after the slow song. You're the worst. I am the worst. Again, this one sounded like just two songs in one. And I was like, oh, this song would have been good for the first half. And then you took a second half and made it another song. And then I would like, these are great songs. Yeah, but then you have a two-hour album. No, you don't. You just have two albums. Which, That's another note for the track, they have these track connectors uh, throughout mm-hmm. the album. On this one, it has like, the stairs, and then these like alien noises, and then it has a uh, scream that it has, is actually from Evil Dead Two. I did fuck with the alien noises. Well, there you go, there you go. I know on a later album they had uh some stuff from the movie um Alien or Aliens, aliens. one of the first mm-hmm. two, Aliens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this yeah that was on, on synth- Anorexia Nervosa. Yeah. yeah, this opening synth is uh, sick AF. Dude, it's so good. Um, 
I really, the chorus, I'll bet your hands are beautiful. I'm sure your head is beautiful, but the world is ugly. The world is ugly even after you. Man, that is a damn catchy chorus. It is. Yeah. It, and it's one that gets stuck in my head sometimes. They're not singing. No. It's just no, it's they're just, just the I'll bet your hands are beautiful. It. I'm sure your head is beautiful, but the world is ugly. The world is ugly. The world is ugly even after you. Like it's just catchy. It's an impression. It's just good. It, hey, I may or may not just. I might. I might be Josh Dies. I don't know if you knew that. Hey, <laughs> whoa, you could be. I'm almost forty. <laughs> you act like it. Um, I really like how the the uh synths and the toms follow each other a little bit like on the verse like it's like the toms are just are playing at like the exact same time as the synth is hmm. um i think that's it's kind of cool um how, the, how they're doing that um and another like the guitar solo is just disgusting oh yeah and gross mm-hmm. and awesome and it's just it, the one it, that has like a southern rock great. um guitar tone there's a there's a song on here that but it has like um, what sounded like Memphis Mayfire tried to rip off. I don't know if either of you ever listened to Memphis. Mayfire. I don't know. They had a lot I of did not. Southern dirty I know this one. Tone. There's like there's like this like breakdown jam part at the end of the song that is super good. Um, here I can. Well, maybe I can't. <laughs> I don't think I can play it for you. Play it for a second, so you, you play the end, like the last like fifteen seconds or thirty seconds for yourself to hear it. We'll cut this. Is anything happening at that point? I don't. That might be the outro. No, but it's but it's not the song that I was thinking of. But I did like. It's the not song, the song yeah. you're thinking of. Okay. Yeah, you did like this song. There you go. See, we got it. Next, <laughs> the smokers and the children shall be cast down. How'd you feel? Like, go listen to this one. We'll let- <laughs> Uh, this song was about past band members, one of which was a smoker, and the other one acted like a child. And so they said, the smokers and children shall be cast down. <laughs> That's my favorite Bible I'm here verse. for it. I'm here for the petty stuff. I'm here for the petty stuff, man. Yeah. Um, this one is probably the one I think that would throw you off the most. It's like eight songs slammed together. It is. Like, none it of is. it is connected. Um, it changes like every 30 seconds into a different song, um, with nothing connecting it other than like, I guess lyrically it's connected. Um, and they're like in the same key Yeah, (laughs) for the most part, at least I think, um, it's not a super catchy one though. Um, it's like, it's not, I don't think this is one people would just like go and just listen to this song and then go on with their day. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like, like you could listen to Welcome Plainfield, Toby Hooper, and be like, "Damn, that was catchy. That was a good time. I'm gonna go on now." Like, this song kind of just exists within, at least for me, exists within context of the album. Yeah. Like, if I'm gonna listen to the album, I'm gonna listen to the song. But if I want to listen to a song on the album, this isn't one I'm gonna pick. Right? What? What? Which, Justin, I'm sure you're gonna agree with whatever I say because you don't even care. But what what about you, Everett? What are your feelings on this song? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I know I like so basically if, to make my top ten list of all albums, I have to like enjoy every song on the album immensely. Like all of them have to be unskippable tracks to me. 
And so Same. this is an unskippable track to me, but I can't like picture it off the top of my head because I'm not listening to the album through right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not like, I just know the beginning of it because it's like the boom, boom, bean, on, bang, boom, gotcha, yeah. Is that exactly how it goes? With me, child. With Once again, dead on impressions. Perfect impression. <laughs> uh, I'll say, uh, yeah, I, uh, mm. yeah, it's good in context of the album, but I don't think it's one people jump to most of the time. No, yeah, I can see it being skippable for some people. Yeah, I mean, not not like it's skippable. Like, I'll, it might be skippable for some people, but like, if I'm listening to this album, I'm gonna listen to the whole album. But like sometimes I'm just like, man, I want to listen to that song. Like, oh man, Toby Hooper's stuck in my head or something like that. Yeah. But like this one's not one that I'm like, ah, it's stuck in my head or something like that. It's not one that I jump to outside of listening to the whole album. Yeah, I, I'll say because I agree. Like I, 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 I pretty much listen to the entire album when I listen to it, other than the missing wife. That's like the only song I like. I'll just like pass over it because I'm like, yeah, let's just keep jamming. Because usually, like when I have the time to listen to a whole album. Is like a road trip mm-hmm. or something. Like I'm not just like, and so like I'm I'm wanting to keep the energy up because I'm tired because I'm driving. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> At fair. least for now, you know. And by by the time I get like further down to the album, I'm like, all right, I can take a slow song or or or, or a mid tempo song or something. Um, but it hits a little too early for me on that front. Well, um, and this one kind of to you mentioned uh, it, how it has a lot of different parts of this song but and you mentioned earlier you said uh how some of these songs feel like albums in themselves and i actually did in my notes on this put a lot of songs in this song yeah yeah Yeah. it's like eight songs in one with the only thing i I think this is definitely one where it was like they just threw together a bunch of riffs that he had written Mm -hmm. and josh had this sorry I'm, i'm getting i'm getting another wine glass of wine because uh, I ran out a while ago. Um, more wine, but sir. <laughs> more wine, sir. Um, for the people who care, I am drinking Z. Alexander Brown Uncaged Chardonnay 2017 Santa Lucia Highlands. Ooh. I don't know where this wine even came from. I guess Kelsey bought it. But um. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and that is one thing I like about this song is that it it changes so much. Because um, if it's not gonna be catchy, at least be interesting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very interesting <laughs> with how much it changes. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, never mind. I'm not gonna say that trivia because that might make people think weird. Uh, next song is "Stabbing Art to Death." Fucking bop, dude. Mm. This is a good one. It's a great song. This is a really good one. It's my it's my second favorite song, uh, behind Dead by Dawn, and it which was. I think is cool that like you and I both love this album. It's definitely, God, it it's probably in my it's definitely my top ten favorite albums. It's not it may or may not be it's probably top ten most influential albums too, but it's not my number one favorite Showbread album. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, sure. So, um. I but I do think it's cool that we have different favorite songs. Um 
it's not like oh that's the best song on the album okay and you know that kind of thing i mean we know what the catchiest song on the album is or like the most accessible one is but that's not even our favorite song in the album you know oh, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah i love this song yeah, um, same and it was actually on, featured on their previous album life kisses and other wasted efforts and they just yeah yeah um this. yeah they is this the only one yes yeah this is the only one um i thought they had more that was featured i think the dissonance on... of discontent was on another album because they released a like an EP had... called "The Dissonance of Discontent," so that was probably on that. I can't remember correctly. That yeah 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 that's what it was. Um, that's what I was thinking of. That that EP had uh a few songs that ended up on this album. Um, but they were like demo. I think that might be a demo. I don't know. Um, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, this song, it's yeah. It might be the best song on the album. It's my second favorite. Yeah. But it might be the best song on the album. Like, it is... I, I think the only thing that knocks it down for me is, like, my love for the evil dead surpasses my love for a religion I'm not a part of. <laughs> That's fair. Actually, yeah. Uh, but it's so catchy. Like, the... Mm -hmm. You inspire me to sing to yeah, you reese that part Roper. you inspire me to sing to you yeah with reese it's so good it gets caught in my head all the time like it gets just stuck in my head and i'll just be like man i gotta go listen listen to stabbing art to death and uh the last part uh i'm just gonna read the lyrics to this because it's so cool i don't know i i like interesting lyrics so here 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 it's and so i am the prince of sounds that make ears ring my princess will kiss me with your sweet lips and lo my heart will sing if art is in yourself or in a class at school if art is ego and selfishness and at the mercy of primitive tools we sing sweet goodbyes and screams and screeches and bury these knives in your heart no painting or poems no paintings or poems to let you live on we've seen the last of art as servants and lovers we wash your feet and cry out into the dark the noise, the beauty, I'm crying through the dark, the noise, the beauty, the love you bring me stabs these knives right into art. Art is not the world, art is in our hearts. Stab art to death. Nice. Um, I just love the, the, the entire concept, and it was something they, they stuck with throughout their entire career of, yeah. like, uh, art is, is more than... I don't know. It, it, it's just a really good conceptually. I had the the way they they viewed art as art is not the world. Art is in our hearts. Um, and I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Um, and I will scream stab art to death all the time. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good ending Hell to yeah. a song. Um, especially like with the rat. I don't know. Like they they just almost create like if they had i feel like if they had gotten signed to whatever label my chem got signed to they would have been my chem because mm. like i my know chem, like him or like my chem on a post hardcore level my chem on a my chem level so i think because like they their next album wasn't all screaming true yeah like maybe you know like and this was huge this album went was massive like sold 
a couple hundred thousand records. Um, like it was big. Wait, this it was um, this record sold a couple hundred thousand. I mean, thousand? if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it definitely broke a hundred thousand. Nice. Um, which is huge for a debut album. Yeah, no kidding. On an indie label. Um, and it was easily their biggest album. But like, if they had gotten signed to the right label and promoted correctly, like Mike Kim was, because like even Mike Kim's like famous outfits of the black and red. Mm-hmm that they wore that that like that's the one when you just like people are like oh yeah if you wear like black and red people are like oh yeah my kim like showbread did it an entire year before my kim yeah yeah i'm already uh, that. and yeah when they did that uh that was actually the tour my kim was supposed to open for them on huh uh they were opening for showbread um well on that tour and the black parade album that or no, that, that I'm thinking of three cheers for sweet revenge is when they did that, right? Yeah. Um, were they on what record were they on yet? Because they were have right here. My Kim was. I think on, they were on an in, another indie label. Eyeball, I think it was a different Reprise indie label. And Warner Brothers, or they're associated. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, yeah. Reprise can't um, be that indie because it was founded by Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not. Um, but I think it's technically an indie label like it's not owned by like a major let's see so in 2002 they released i brought you my bullets you brought me your love um on eyeball records and the next one was on reprise uh which is owned by warner okay um so like here artists currently signed to reprise Michael Bublé, Eric Clapton, Stevie Nicks, <laughs> The Deftones, Disturbed. Disturbed. Like, that's a huge-ass label. Yeah. You know, bands. so it was like, they went from Eyeball, which is uh, the only other, like, notable band was Thursday. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe the, ga- the Gaslight Anthem. Maybe. I don't know. And Thursday. Which, the Gaslight Anthem, isn't that a Christian band? Is I don't it? think so. I don't think so. No. They're just associated with that that scene of, like, Thursday, Gaslight Anthem. Because that was when, like, Christian emo rock stuff, screamo, whatever, all got big. And so they all got thrown in together when they broke through to the mainstream. But, yeah, those were the three big bands on that label that they were all signed to that at some point. So, yeah, it was, like, right at the same time they... Uh, they they did the black and red thing right after them, which I mean it's a common thing. I think uh, uh Green Day also yeah. did black and red. Um, so I'm not saying they totally ripped them off. I mean I think they might have, but because they were supposed to tour together and then it was canceled, and then Mike Kim does black and red right after. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think if it had been like promoted well. Like, I think this album was promoted well, and then I don't think, but I don't think it was promoted correctly for, like, what they were. I think it was, like, thrown into that scene rather than just thrown out to the mainstream. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. the Screamo scene would love this, right? But the mainstream would like it. Like, it would be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Kind of like Mike Kim's first album. They're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Or it's Mike Kim's second album. They're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And then they had the next one, the Black Parade, which Showbread was had the Age of Reptiles, 
which is their like really accessible album. Yeah. Um, and My Cam blew up and Showbread fizzled. Um, and I, I think a lot of it comes down to just the marketing of it. And I know a lot of people would say it, it's, you know, the, the industry is really hit and miss. You have some bands that are absolutely incredible that are completely overlooked for their entire career. And then bands that are like mediocre that just come out at the right time and the right place and blow up. But I think most of it is marketing uh, and and just getting that correct. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's mostly marketing and getting that correct. Um, Cause there's, there's no way you do the right kind of marketing like 21 pilots Mm -hmm. and don't blow up. Yeah. If you're on this, if you're as good or better than 21 pilots and you nail marketing like they do, there's no way you don't like, that's just, it's going to, um, cause they just did everything right every step of the way and just became a disgustingly massive. So I, I think that's what killed them the most, but the next song, the dissonance of discontent, which we were talking about earlier, man, just back into the chaos. Um, that counting with the hats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I I like how this song is kind of talking about their own band, um, and and just talking about like how insane your band is, and just kind of embracing your band for what it is. Like it doesn't feel like. Uh, so last, what did we do last week? Um, uh, we did. I can't even remember. Limp yeah. Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Like he talks about his own band and how awesome and cool they are and crazy and badass and it, and it's like no. fuck you, but then they're like, uh, here here's I don't know this is the way you write that, and what shall we say now that it is gone? In our eyes are no tears and our hearts are no songs, and now we've gone pale. What was it we saw? The beauty, the horror of rock that is so raw. Um, now you might just be like, I don't know what that means. But raw rock, uh, like I said at the top of the episode, is uh, what they uh, showbread came to call themselves uh, as their genre because they weren't quite sure what to label it as because they didn't feel like they fit in with uh, the standard like screamo or hardcore genre. Um, It came from the uh, other vocalist, Ivory Tay Mobley, Mobley, sorry, Mobley. And how he would call things raw. He'd be like, oh, man, that's so raw. Like, saying something's cool. Uh, and so they were like, that's, that'd be funny if we said our genre was raw rock. And so that's what they did. Um, and did that for the rest of their career. Uh, and really kind of embraced that. Um, so and now we've gone pale. What was it we saw? The beauty, the horror of rock that is so raw. Um, I think that's kind of cool. Of uh, Knowing, like, some people love it. Some people are terrified by it. Um, that is what we make, uh, uh, while also talking about some other stuff. But I, I, I think there's a right way to talk about how fucking crazy your band is and how you kind of do some cool stuff. Uh, but you think it's cool, but you know, some people are going to hate it. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good perspective to have when you're doing that rather than being like, my band's fucking awesome. Fuck you. You know, like Limp Bizkit did. <laughs> What you were talking about this this song uh, earlier, Everett? How, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I love this song. I mean, once again, I'm a punk rock kid, so like the speed in this at the beginning is just a blast, <laughs> and it's uh, chaotic as can be. Um, but then also the ending is so it's so weird and bizarre, and like because it has the slow like 
just the hits on the cymbals and bass drum and the yeah the ringing guitar um uh, and then also uh interesting i mentioned like uh dead by dawn's really a horror punk song but uh yeah. this like kind of get, brings those ho- horror themes back with the like pipe organ and the rain at the end it's just uh, kind of just yeah, silly I, fun theatrical which like misfits i mean they they sing about horror movies but there's nothing really spooky about the sound of the band and so this yeah. like it gives it that theatrical spooky feel and i i love it i'm totally here for it yeah and i think that that's it it works well to kind of bring that back around as it's not just a one-off horror song kind mm-hmm. of thing you know I think it helps pull the album like kind of it's a it's just another thing of a little bit of glue um that helps pull the album together rather than being this haphazard just stuff all thrown at the wall to see what sticks you know it's like some of this is it it, it works because there are threads connecting it all right um the next one uh Matthias replaces Judas or Matthias I don't even know how to say that name um Matthias Matthias. 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 Uh, replaces Judas. Um, which, if you're not religious, uh, you know that Judas replaced... Or Judas replaced... Judas... Uh, 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 he replaced Jesus. Betrayed Jesus. He replaced <laughs> not re- Jesus. Replaced Jesus. Re- uh, betrayed Judas Jesus. Jesus now. Mo- <laughs> Most people know at least that, well, once uh, Judas uh, died and or committed suicide, uh, depending on who you ask, um, a.k.a. depending on which book you read, um, Matthias eventually... Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matthias replaced Judas uh, within the ranks of the apostles. Um, I... So I kind of mentioned this earlier that it's kind of hard for me to enjoy like religious songs most of the time um, just because like it's like, okay, I don't really relate to just being like, oh, God, I love you so much. Like, it's just not something that's like a part of my life. So I don't really relate to it, you know, Um, but I think there's some like there's something to say about a song just straight up being so good that you're still into it, even if it doesn't even, like, relate to you. You know? Uh, yeah. Like, Reese Roper from Five Iron Frenzy comes in on this song, and god damn, that guy can sing. Like, I love his voice so much. Mm-hmm. There's just, like, a rawness and vulnerability to his voice, uh, while also just, like, doing some really cool stuff. Like, also, side note, check out the new Five Iron Frenzy album that just recently came out um it's a banger and you might just learn something about politics when you listen to it um anyways this song it like hits me in the feels man and i'm not even religious and that's the whole song (laughs) it's a religious song and i'm like listening to the song and i'm like ah i feel it (laughs) uh but it's just like the kind of the, the the personal nature and vulnerability of it like I, I think that's what it what it does what what does it for me, and and especially the vocals. Like Josh starts the song really kind of vulnerable sounding and small and meek, and then uh, Reese comes in, 
uh, who has this vulnerability, but it, it sings much more intensely than Josh. So he hits these higher notes and helps build the song while keeping that like rawness and vulnerability. Um, but man, it just like it just gets me on like how honest and vulnerable the song is, um, without feeling like most religious songs on how like forced uh they tend and formulaic they tend to be you know they're like oh we just want to make money on the radio and and they play at christian festivals and 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 things like that and that's not at all what this song was trying to do whatsoever he was like i just wrote this song and this is what i wrote you know how did how did how did you feel about it i i know ever you love it but how do you how do you feel about this one in particular though any thoughts on it um it's not my favorite I like the song, but it doesn't hit me as hard. I, I, I <laughs> like, I, I mean, for a religious song, it hits me. Like, mm. it for a mid-tempo song, kind of slower song, for, like, like the emotion, like, you can feel like, oh, the, the emotion is building musically, that kind of thing, and he's singing about this. So it's like, I kind of get, for me, I, I, I transport myself into, like, oh, well, I, I, I'm putting myself in his shoes on how he feels. And you can feel it, like... And that that's what I'm saying. Not that I personally feel a lot of emotions while listening to this song because I don't relate to it, so I don't. But <laughs> uh, what what about you, Justin? Anything for you? I have nothing. Nothing at all? You're just like, this is a song that happened? Yeah. You're the worst. For the two like softer songs, I prefer The Missing Wife. Really? Yeah. The Missing Wife is a banger. Um. But I will say something opposite. I just now noticed because <laughs> I I'm a songwriter at heart. I I'm I've I'm not a lyricist really. I've I write lyrics, but I'm not. I don't I don't go draw. I'm not drawn to lyrics when I listen to music. I'm always drawn to the hook. Yeah. Um. And so I've never noticed. I've never read the lyrics on this, but I noticed in the song Reese Roper sings, "I lay in this field by Judas, anticipate the plow." But on the lyric sheet, it says, I lay in this field by Judas' bowels and anticipate the plow. A bit darker. Yeah. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, so if you watch uh, the documentary, um, uh, the way they, they, they kind of, uh, which you, you can't unless you already own it, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. I but got it somewhere. Um, the way... <laughs> I found it. Uh, it was not where it was supposed to be, but uh, I found it. But um, when they had Reese Roper come to the studio, Josh was like, hey, this is what I've got. And Sylvia was like, Reese, just do what you want to do. And so he just like did whatever he, what he felt like doing there. Uh, and so he changed it some. Hmm. And uh, he was like, so like, uh, what, what was the line? Uh, a lie and anticipate the plow. Uh, no alabaster jar, no diamond in the rough, broken and canopy. I know by me, you were a bandit. Like when he gets way up mm -hmm. there and he starts getting higher and higher each section, uh, and he gets like more and more intense. Um, he wasn't sure how what he was gonna do, but he knew like I want to get it more intense, and he like jumped way too high, like he jumped like to the third part <laughs> like there and he was like this is too high and then he jumped again and he was like i can't take this <laughs> um so i think that that changed uh not because 
Josh, like it's a misprint, but that uh, Reese just sang it differently when he got there. He was just like, I can't fit that word in for how I'm singing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I really like that. And that's what I kind of like about his religious stuff is, is it, he doesn't like shy away from the dark and depraved side of the stuff, like the real kind of mm-hmm. gross stuff. Like, yeah, Judas was disemboweled <laughs> according to a lot of sources. He might have hung himself and then was disemboweled or he tripped and was disemboweled or whatever. Like, it, it was gross either way, you know? Um and a lot of people shy away from that, and they're like, "How great is our God? <laughs> I am a friend of God. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, he's great. You know, they 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 don't get into the the to the gross shit and and the real. Not. You know, um, yeah, and and I mean, cause cause that that that's very challenging to your theology. It it brings like, hey, there's the darkness to this uh inherently because the world is also dark and gross and i think that's something that this kind of uh 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 this album doesn't shy away from while still being fun to listen to um and i guess moving into the next one um the bell jar the final song in the album god it's a good uh, song to end the album on yeah you know so it's just a i don't like that it's a Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you would love this song. If I just played this song, you'd be like, that's a banger. Not as long as Stabbing Art to Death, <laughs> just to say. Which is also yeah. a banger. They're great songs. Yeah. Shut up. You know, I think Stabbing um, Art to Death could have been the closing song equally as much as It this. really could have. Like, the way it ends with them, like, da na 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 uh, Yeah, yeah, it really could have, especially with that, the, the, the you know, um... Uh, stab art to death. No, right? Yeah, stab art to death. Art is in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Art is not in the world. Stab art to death. Like, yeah, that really could have worked as the final song, but they were like, "We've got a couple more." The only us. reason I it. think this one works <laughs> a little better is because, well, I'll, I'll be. I do like the weird song. Stabbing art to death is a one of the weirder ones, like you were mentioned. Because I think I, I forgot to mention this. Yeah. It. I think I counted. It has four different keys they play in. In that song. Oh, really? So, Whereas this one, I believe it's just I, one key I'm throughout. I'm so bad at, at music theory stuff. I Justin and I wrote a song recently uh, that's going to be on our upcoming EP that definitely changes keys in the chorus. And I didn't even think about it. Like, it was just like, that's the chorus. That works. And, like, didn't even think about the fact that we changed keys and there until I started writing vocals and I was like, well, this is complicated. (laughs) 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 I had to find something that fit in both of them. Uh, You know, that, that didn't sound like it was like way far off. Cause you know, I can't just scream and the whole song or whatever, you know, that's not, that's not quite the genre we do. Um, But yeah, I, I I don't, I don't tend to think uh, on the music theory side of stuff too much. Uh, I kind of just go by feel most of the time. Uh, though I usually I know that I just the the music theory stuff I don't I just don't think about it. I try to avoid it um, until I'm like, yeah, I need to think about that now. What's the music theory of this? You know that kind of stuff. So I I had nev- never even thought about that. Uh, it does change keys a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But as uh, weird as this one, like it's 
pretty straightforward, but yet still like a fantastic, like an absolute banger of a song. Like in the opening with the, just the he's hitting that those strings so hard. He is, and he does that all the time. <laughs> That's just his thing. Um, oh, knock my mic over. Um, but yeah, so fun trivia. This song, uh, can you guess? So, did you hear anything weird about the bass on this song, Justin? Anything no. different? No. Did nothing stood out to you? What about you, Everett? No. Anything different? Uh, he's out bending a lot. Yeah, but no, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, that's a different bass or something like no. that. Nothing like that stood out. No. Yeah, he played like seven basses on this song. <laughs> Every section of this song is a different bass guitar. Uh, why? No idea. And uh, I found that I know that not because that's something you can find online, but because that was something he said on a forum like a decade ago <laughs> that no longer exists. And it's just stuck in my brain ever since. It I'm Form fairly Spring? certain it's seven. I Form Spring? Remember that? No, no. Yeah, I do remember Form Spring. God. Uh, no, it was uh, their uh, showbread had a form called Raw Rock oh, Militia. Right. <laughs> and he talked about it on there at one point um and for some reason that's stuck in my head every time i hear this song i'm like man that's a lot of bases um and i'm fairly certain it's seven i might be wrong it might be five but i'm fairly certain it's seven either way it could be three that's a lot of bases like anything more than one base on this song seems ridiculous especially when you think but it was just like you can make any noise the, with a jazz bass really yeah or yeah, play a p bass and call it a day like he was like it, it was one of those things they were just in this really nice studio and he like played this bass part and sylvia was like hey just pick up this bass they're like <laughs> oh that would work for that part and so they just played different basses for each part that complemented what he was playing even though in the end result like you really can't tell that much different. It just feels like he's just playing a different part. But if you go back and listen, when it moves to a different section, you can kind of tell. Just a little. Not much. But there's a little tonal difference. But I think a lot of it was lost in the mixing uh, because the album was mixed by a guy who was not there. Uh, he wasn't in a part of the recording process at all. Um, which is something the band was really bummed about um, because Sylvia had done some like early mixes and wanted to mix the whole album, but the label was like, we want to send it to our guy that we want to use for whatever reason. And he mixed it without being a part of anything, hadn't talked to the band, sent it, and that was the mix for the album. So uh, they were a little bit upset because they felt like it, it lost some of what they were going for. Um, and he used to be able to find some of sylvia's early mixes on online um and they were a bit superior i do have to say uh it it, it really leaned into like you can tell like oh yeah that's definitely what they were going for um and but this mix kind of made it lean a little bit more towards um uh the shape of punk to come than uh they were trying to go towards but Whatever, man. You know, the album is sick. Art is dead. 
May Ra Rock kill you forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, this album has a 4.6 out of 5 on Amazon. Um, it's not a huge album, so I, I can't really, like, be like, that's a huge... It was only 41 reviews. Like, I can't... There's not oh. a huge <laughs> data set for that um, that I was able to do, and I don't have time to find every review I can find and be my own meta do a meta score myself um but generally it was it was well received um for the most part uh so what i guess so ever it's it's one of your top 10 al- favorite albums of all time what out of i don't know whatever numerical rating you want to do what what would you give this well how would you rate this album uh, six out of six. Six out of six. Perfect. One six short of being satanic. So we're still in Jesus territory. What about you, Justin? Give it a three out of six. Wow. You really, that, <laughs> that seems like a, I didn't, that's a failing score. It had some bangers, but it was not a very memorable album to me. I listened to it three times within 48 hours. Wow. Okay. And I, so, and I was still struggling to remember some of the shit. So was it, was it literally just like it changes song Sorry, structure up? too much for you? Like, uh, yeah, there's just so nothing for you super what, was memorable it? about it for me personally. Um, other than yeah. um, Mouth Like a Magazine and then so, um, The yeah. Wife Song I can't remember what that is um, The Missing Wife yeah Missing Wife yeah so so it was the lack of structure that did it for you yeah um, yeah I get that I get that so um, I'm gonna be weird I'm gonna rate this this one out of 10 um, I would give this album Oh man, it's hard. There there's so much I love about it. Um just because I skipped the missing wife or don't feel like listening to that one a lot, I think I would have to give this like a nine out of ten. Fair. Uh on the low end. Like that would be like the low end of it. But mm-hmm. there are some songs on here that are like some of my favorite songs of all time, so I might do a nine point five out of ten on that front. Um but I, but I do get it. Like I get the lack of structure um, for a lot of people is going to be a huge turnoff. Um, for that, I suggest if you like the sound of this, like if you like the kind of chaos kind of stuff, um, I would suggest their album The Fear of God. Um, if you would prefer this to be a little bit less uh, chaotic, um, and more of a rock album, then I would suggest their album Age of Reptiles, which was their follow-up to this one, uh, and is my personal favorite. Um, anyways, uh, right. if you if your favorite song in the album is uh, Samsa meets Kafka, then I recommend Anorexia Nervosa, uh, which is their like real industrial influenced album. So there's a. a Every album they've released since this uh, really has something on this album that it kind of comes from almost. 
Like all, all their other albums kind of feel more cohesive than this one. And like they kind of stick in in a vein. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way, Everett? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they they kind of stick in a vein of something that you can almost find on this album. It was like they threw they were like, here are all the things we would ever want to do because we might never be able to do this again. And so they did it and it did really well. And they were like, well, shit, now we can do it all. So they went and just were like, all right, this is we want to do this album. All right, now we want to do this thing. And it was like stuff they had thrown in pieces of or hints of on this one. Um, so, uh, Justin, did you have any reviews for this one that you uh, that you wanted to read? Nothing in particular? No, no, I couldn't really find a whole lot. All right. Well, I found a couple that I, I, I thought uh, were very, uh, you know, pe- people that didn't like the album. Because uh, I felt like having somebody also like the album uh, w- would have been uh, kind of ridiculous. Because I, I said everything you could say positive you about did. this album. I said a lot. Um, so, Rance Light. W-R-A-N-C-E, Light, L-I-G-H-T, on Amazon, in a review titled, Shit, uh, says, (laughs) I saw Showbread in concert, and since I was so disgusted by them, I figured I'd at least try their studio recordings to see if they just sucked live. But their studio recording sucks too. A quote-unquote fresh breath to a world of posers and wannabe bands posted by some other person on here, is complete bullshit. They sound like the standard hardcore band out there. Just noise, noise, noise. If you want real, all caps, musicianship, and not just those that are wrecking art into money, try something with originality and, all caps, talent. Try the Mars Volta. Mahavishnu Orchestra? I, I don't know what that is. Uh, the Fall of Troy? Mastodon. Mastodon is a real quote unquote hardcore band. If you may label it such a shitty title, one star. <laughs> is Mastodon a hardcore band? Nah. Not in the slightest. Weird. What a strange Fucking... review. That's such a weird review. little man. Rance, you silly guy. You silly boy. Um, Zach B. on Amazon in a review titled, Go T for Christmas. I assume he meant, got it for Christmas? Got it for Christmas. Goddamn. Got it for Christmas. Christmas, brother. Christmas. Says, Screamo Spaz Rock. Obviously, don't get them wrong. I love... Dead by Dawn and Mouth Like a Magazine. But seven to eight people is way too many people for a band. You can't understand the screams <laughs> even with the lyrics. Yeah. You can't understand the screams even with the lyrics. And there's too many screamo shit. Buy it if you want, but there's way better stuff out there. I mean, is that how you feel, Justin? No. That is That, that was exactly both of those reviews. But I think both of those reviews said... So it, you would prefer to listen to Mastodon, right? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's 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 it. That's the album. Uh, it's a good album. Even Justin, who hated it, said it was a good album. He gave it a three out of six, but 
And then, he also complimented every single song as we went I song did. by song. So keep that in mind. His three <laughs> out of six is kind of a dumb number. Uh, it's more like a four out of six, maybe a four point five out of six. Uh, anyway, that. Yeah, it's a 4.5 out of 6 is what you would give this album. You said 3 out of 6 because you didn't think about it song by song, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, this has been Who Listens to This Podcast. Um, you can find us on social media at Who Listens to This Podcast. Um, you can send us an email with any questions you would like us to answer on air, or if you just want to tell us that we're pretty, at Who Listens to This Podcast at gmail.com. Um, please leave us a review or just a, a, a rating of any star amounts. I would prefer five because that makes more people see it. Um, thank you. Uh, Everett, any, anything you, you want to plug while you, while you're here? Cause you do stuff. I got nothing going you? on. <laughs> you don't have anything going on. I thought you were doing some streaming. Did you stop that? Uh, streaming what? <laughs> I don't know. I saw some stuff on YouTube or something. Oh, no, I haven't done YouTube in a while. Oh, it was on your Instagram. So I, I, wish I, I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had something well, to promote, but I don't. Uh, follow my Letterboxd. Well, if you like movie oh, reviews, yeah. follow my Letterboxd. Everett D. Mobley. No E in the Mobley. M-O-B-L-Y. Mm, all one word. Yep. Follow me. Everett E. Mobley. D. Um, that's what I said. E, as in Everett. <laughs> Everett, Everett, Mobley. <laughs> Everett D. Mobley. You know what the D stands for, <laughs> ladies. Oh, D? Yes. Yes. I thought you said E. So Everett D. Mobley. Yeah, if you said Everett, if, for... if it was Everett E. Mobley, I wouldn't have corrected you. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so stupid. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, fo- follow him on Letterboxd if you guys like movies, because I do. And I think he shares most of it in the group, this group we're in. And I definitely pay attention. He's, yeah, I don't always agree with him, but he's, he's good. He's good at, at, at the, those things. Um, yeah, dude, it was, that's it. That's, that's the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm going to end the recording. <laughs>